Hallelujah. Let's uh, go to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 7. <clears throat> and uh, we're going to begin to look at some things. Uh, I want to share some things with you that I've learned uh, over the years. And... Uh, just in the course of ministry, but also some things that have uh, revolutionized my life over the years. And the first that, that um, the primary thing that we'll look at is this, this concept of covenant. And uh, I want to talk about a covenant of healing today, but... Uh, my point in talking about that is that <clears throat> my life changed when I came to the understanding that I had a covenant. And now, when people hear covenant, they think agreement or contract. And if someone says, well, you know, if someone will be ministering or preaching or teaching, they'll say, you know, you have a covenant with God. And people will say, oh, yes, amen. But then they'll go out and not expect God to be doing what he said he would do. Even though they have a covenant with him. If I don't understand the concept of covenant. It's going to be hard to have strong faith. Because a covenant mindset is a requirement for strong faith. <clears throat> because uh, a covenant and a contract are different in the sense that a contract can be built based on something that's not true. A covenant cannot. Uh, for instance, if someone looks at a marriage as just a contract well then it's there's a way out right but if i right but if i look at it as a covenant there's no way out right that's why and and faith people kind of frown on on this type of ceremony but that's why in an original marriage covenant ceremony uh the words are uh we're married for better for worse for sicker for poor in sickness and in health until death do we part. So God's concept of um, covenant of marriage is that it's one man and one woman for life. Till somebody dies, somebody goes home. That's now I understand what I'm saying. That is the only way the covenant is broken. It's a it's a covenant. It's not a contract. There are no prenuptial agreements in a marriage covenant. Because, you understand what I'm saying? Because you don't go into a covenant making a way out of it. All the way through the scripture, we won't take the time to go into all this. I'm going to be teaching on a lot of this at length through uh, our services through the week. But when you go through the word of God, <clears throat> you see God say this about covenant. My covenant. My covenant. Over and over again, it's my covenant. Now, 
there's a reason for that. And I'm not going to take the time to teach on this today because there's things we got to get into. But uh, Hebrews says this. It says that when two people are making a covenant and it's talking about Abraham believing God. And it says when two people are making a covenant in the natural that the lesser is blessed by the greater. And it says that when the greater makes a promise, that's an end of all the discussion. All right. Because the, the person, the greater person made a promise. <clears throat> well, you don't get any greater than God. And he said, this is my covenant. This, this is so important because what you believe can be measured by your expectation. What am I expecting? This is important because people will say, you know, God can't lie. God can't fail. Uh... God can't you fill in the blank. Why? Why is it that God cannot lie? And people will say, well, he's God. Well, God cannot lie because he has bound himself with an oath. That's what the scripture says. The scripture says in the book of Hebrews that God made a promise and uh, uh, bound himself with an oath. We should probably just run over there. As I keep talking about it, I want to get into it. And uh, when uh, Hebrews 6, and I can take the time to look at this and still get through this teaching, I think. But it's important for what we're talking about. Uh, in verse 13, he said, for when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself. Now, somebody will look at that and they'll go, well, yeah, there's nobody greater than God. Well, but the concept there is not that you're supposed to say there's nobody greater than God. You're supposed to see what he did. He swore by himself. When it says he swore by himself, it means to seven oneself. All right. In other words, God swore seven times. And it goes on and he says, what did he say? Surely blessing, I will bless you, multiply and I'll multiply you. Then, of course, he patiently endured and obtained the promise. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise. Well, that's the Jews of Abraham's time, the redeemed of our time, to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability, the unchangeableness. And this uses this word of his counsel. His counsel is his word. His counsel is his word. All right. All through the book of Proverbs, you hear wisdom saying, give ear to my counsel. Well, the counsel is the word the the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. A covenant, 
he confirmed it. He interposed an oath on himself. That by two immutable things, unchangeable things, in which it is impossible for God to lie. The two immutable things, his word and his covenant, they are unchangeable. They cannot change. And there's a reason they cannot change. They cannot change because God does not change. God cannot change. When God makes a covenant, He is incapable of breaking it. And when you have a covenant mindset and you read through the word of God and you read through the Old Testament, you'll read through the Old Testament at times and it will, it, God will even make statements. He'll say, well, I know my people are going to go away and they're going to get into sin and they're going to do these things. And he says, and I'll correct them and I'll discipline them. And then he says, but I won't forget my covenant. My covenant. See, that's why when somebody takes God to task for something or another, they don't have a covenant mindset. Because someone will say, well, why didn't God do such and such? I'm going to say this the nicest way I know. That's an ignorant question. If you have a covenant mindset. The, the person in the covenant that has not bound themselves by the covenant is you. You're in the covenant and you didn't promise anything. All of, all of the weight is on God. What's required for me to get into the covenant is faith and obedience. God is the one that all the weight is on. And he said that it was impossible for him to lie where this covenant and this word is concerned. And so there are things that I have to remember that are very important. Number one. Three things that I have to remember that are very important is number one, I am a spirit. I, I am a spirit. First Thessalonians 5 23. I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I am a spirit. Number two, I have a covenant. I have a covenant with God Himself. And thirdly, something to always remember is that the Bible is a covenant book and it's sealed with blood on both ends. It's sealed with the blood of bulls and goats and types and shadows of sacrifice in the, in the first covenant. And it's sealed by the blood of Jesus, the Redeemer, in the second covenant. And people will say, you know, that, 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 and we'll, we'll teach on this tomorrow. I'm not going to get into it. But 
when Abraham divided the sacrifices and, and, and he woke up and the smoking lamp and the burning furnace was walking through those pieces and God stood in covenant blood and swore things to Abraham. Well, God's still standing in covenant blood. It, but now he's standing in the eternal blood of Jesus Christ. And making promise. So the Bible is a covenant book. It's sealed with blood on both ends. So what I find in between the pages of that word is a covenant. And people will say, well, yes, the, the, the word is truth. It is truth, but it's truth because it's a covenant. And it's unbreakable. On God's end. On God's end. Faith is never an issue for God. See, my mindset has to be, God won't break his word. When, when I found that out over, oh my goodness, uh, almost 30 years ago, that there, or 30 years ago probably, there's blood between us and God. Pastor Michelle came home from that job. She was working at the supermarket. And I ran down the hallway talking to her, and I said, there's blood between us and God. We have a covenant with God himself. And uh, so over the years, uh, I've come to understand this. In uh, Exodus 15 and uh, verse 26, this is when God introduces himself as healer. But remember, he's introducing himself as this, as the covenant God. He has redeemed these people based on the covenant. He told Abraham, he said, your people, your children, your seed are going to go into bondage for 400 years. And he said, but I will deliver them. And when you read there in the, the first couple chapters of Exodus, uh, when God was talking to uh, uh, Moses concerning uh, the people of, of, of Israel, and he was uh, wanting Moses to go, of course, and, and uh, deliver them. Chapter 2 and verse 24, it says, God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant. Now, why is that important? Because they had went away from God. They're in bondage. They had forgotten God. But then when the bondage got severe, when the trouble got severe, they started crying out to God, groaning, and God remembered his covenant. Because God can't break covenant. And for someone to say that God broke covenant and didn't do something for someone. Number one, it's a lie. And number two, it shows ignorance of the covenant. 
Well, if God's a healer, why didn't he heal this person? If God's a healer, why didn't he heal Aunt May? Or why didn't he heal my neighbor that I knew that, that got sick? God, God can never be anything but a healer because he has put it in the covenant that that's who he is. And so when, when someone, when, 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 when we begin to check on that, what's the mindset? Right? Because as I said, what you believe can be measured by your expectation. It's, 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 a, uh, it's, a, uh, it's a discouraging quandary, if, you can, if we can say it that way, for someone to say that they believe that God cannot lie, but then not expect really for God to do what he said. But yet God can't lie. And if you were to ask, why is it that God cannot lie? Well, because he's God. It's because he has bound himself with an oath. And, and, and he cannot lie. He cannot break that covenant. So, Exodus 15 and verse 26. He said, if you will diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, that is obedience, and will do that which is right in his sight, that is faith, and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon you that I've allowed on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals you. Well, why didn't he say, I'm the Lord that heals the Egyptians? The Egyptians don't have a covenant. I'm the Lord that heals you. In the covenant, he has made provision to be our physician. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals me. Not just something God does, something he is. What God promises you to be in the covenant, he is that. And so, if there, is a con if there is a covenant of healing, then not only does healing exist, God is prepared to do it every time. And so that's got to be my mindset. So when a person says, uh, every disease, germ, and every virus that touches my body dies instantly, why is that? Because I have a covenant of health. So, remember, he said here, if you'll hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, well, what did he say? If I'm hearkening, hearing with the intention to do, and, and the voice of the Lord my God, well, the voice of the Lord my God is, is the word of God. And he said, what did he say? He said that when uh, I begin to speak the word of God, I speak to the mountain. I speak to my body. He said that I would have what I say. And so I am acting on what he said. And I'm doing what's right in his sight. I'm hearkening to the voice of the Lord. I'm doing what's right in his sight. All right, I'm obeying and I'm operating by faith. That's my part of the covenant. 
That's my part of the covenant. And, and, and over the years, what happens is when people start talking about believing God, what they mean is that they believe God can. But believing God can is not necessarily going to change things. It's believing that God has honor bound himself to what he said. Amen. And uh, so he says here, I'm the Lord that heals you. That's, that's his covenant name. The Lord that heals. Amen. In Psalm 89... We're going to look at some other verses here. And uh, verse 34. uh, It can be a familiar verse, but this is so pertinent. Because he said, my covenant will I not break. Oh, that's that's important. And 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 why is that important? That right there, shut the book right there. God's never the problem. Because he said, my covenant, I won't break. And then notice. And I will not alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. When he said, I won't break my covenant, the word break, it means to treat as common. It means to violate Uh, To treat with dishonor, all right? Or to violate the honor of it. So notice that. He said, I won't treat my covenant as common. I won't violate my covenant. I won't dishonor it. Now that's important because he's the Lord that heals me. And he won't violate that. So not only does that mean that God doesn't make people sick, it means he's not okay with sickness. And that's why I have a covenant of healing. Hallelujah. In uh, Proverbs 4. A covenant mindset produces a boldness. I was ministering Sunday morning. I made a statement. I said, clarity produces confidence. When you have clarity, you're confident. If you don't have clarity, you're not confident. If I can't see where I'm going, I'm not going to move very fast. Because I can't see where I'm going. But if I've got clarity, if I've got kavu, ceiling, invisibility, unlimited, Right. If, if, if I can see where I'm going and there's no no fog, no mist, no clouds, I can see for miles Well, I'm going to rear back and let her go because I can see. 
But if I've got fog, like we get a lot here, if I've got fog and I can't see 10 feet in front of me, well, I'm barely going to move. Clarity produces confidence. When you're clear about your covenant, you're confident in not only what you can expect, but what you can require. I am brought into the covenant and I am able to make demands upon the one who the responsibility of the covenant rests. And he knows that and he wants me to do that. But he wants me to understand that concept of this can't change. In Proverbs 4 and verse 20, he said, my son, attend to my words, incline your, your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Why? Their life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Now notice, that's covenant. It's sandwiched in between two instructions are the responsibility of the hearer. My son, attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Here's the, here's the instruction. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. That's our responsibility. He's telling me what to do, and then he gives me my responsibility. And then he ends up with what he will do. They are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. Why is that? Because I'm in a covenant with my healer. And if I take my healer's words, the words of the healer produce healing. Always, always. Yeah, but I knew somebody that didn't get healed. I don't care. Did they believe the covenant? See, that's, that's where people mess up. Well, I knew so-and-so, and they got sick, and, and you know they died, and I know they believed. Number one, you don't know if they believed, and number two, you don't know what they believed. This is so important where healing is concerned. Listen, if we haven't learned anything throughout these last two years of a pandemic, it should be this. People don't know what they believe. They, they, they can't just grab a hold of something and believe that. Right? Is, is, that, is that right? Nobody, the CDC don't know what they believe. Uh, National Institute of Health don't know what they believe. Your doctor doesn't know what he believes. I mean, it's, it's up in the air. Now, I'm not making fun of them. I'm just saying I know they have things that are right. This never changes because it's based on a covenant. And when you read this with a covenant mindset, if I will attend to the words, incline to the sayings, if I will not let them depart from my eyes and I will keep them in the center of my heart, they will be life to me and health to all my flesh. Period. Close the book. The covenant has spoken. That's it. I've had, had people ask me over the years, what do you attribute your financial success to? I'll tell you, I understood years ago I got a covenant. And when I read Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Close the book. I got the covenant on it. That's it. That's it. That settles the issue. 
when he said, give and it will be given to you, shut the book. That's it. I have given, it is given unto me. Now that, that's important because I learned to look at this as a covenant. And the people that I've seen over the years that walk in the success of the word of God are people that will say, this is the word of God. It's a covenant between God and me. Hallelujah. Every, every Bible that I get, and you do whatever you want to with this, but every Bible that I, that I get right here, and, and I'm, I, I just love this one. I'm about to wear it out. But uh, in, the, in the, the book of Genesis, the book of Genesis, chapter 1, right above chapter 1, I write, Dear Philip, Dear Philip, and in Revelation 22 and verse 21, I write, Love Jesus. That's it. That this is my covenant handbook. Everything that I need to know about the covenant is in here. Hallelujah. And so, that, that, do you see how important this is? This is a covenant. Somebody will go, that's a promise. It is a promise, but it's a promise based on a covenant, not just a promise. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but have you ever broken a promise? I could say probably everybody has, whether it was intentional or unintentional. Let's, let's just put it, let's give us all the shadow of a doubt. It was probably unintentional. You didn't mean to, right? I had something like that happen the other day. Somebody wanted me to come and bless their business, and I said, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. And Somehow it didn't get put on my calendar. And so I showed up Saturday, uh, Sunday morning for church. They said, well, we missed you yesterday. And I said, what was yesterday, Saturday? What were we doing? Or you were supposed to come over and, oh, I'm sorry, it didn't get on my calendar. Well, I didn't intentionally do that. I had made my promise, though. Right? And, and broke it. Well, God never even unintentionally breaks a promise. Now, why? Why? See, uh, you're probably going to get tired of hearing me say this. Why? Because he has bound himself to this concept that everything he says is a covenant promise. There's blood between you and God. The covenant that you entered into, the only thing you did was believe God. Now, oh, hallelujah. Third John 2. Again, a, a familiar verse. But notice what it says. Beloved. Now, that's us. Because the Bible says we have been accepted in the beloved. And, you know, there are people who say, well, that was this book was actually written to Gaius. And and, you know, uh, uh, he was talking to him. If if Gaius is a brother and we know he is. All right. And he's in the covenant. The Bible says God makes no distinction. And so if it was his will, let's read this. Beloved. I wish above all things that you may prosper, have a successful journey, have an easy journey, and be in health 
even as your soul prospers. Now, if I read that as covenant, that's not only his will. Jehovah Rapha in Exodus 15 will make sure that I'm in health because I have a covenant with him. Mm. God's will is his covenant. And what is God's will for one of his children is his will for all of his children. Oh, hallelujah. In uh, Colossians 1.12. Oh, glory to God. Colossians 1 and 12. It says, Giving thanks unto the Father that has made us meet or made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Made us able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. Well, what's that got to do with healing? I am able because of my covenant to receive my inheritance, which part of is healing. You'll hear people talk about, you know, well, how do I receive healing? You just receive it. It's part of your covenant right. See, if I have a covenant mindset, then I just throw my hands up and say, Lord, I receive my healing. I receive it. Amen. And someone will say, well, you know, I don't, I, I uh, 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 don't necessarily feel anything. Faith never has anything to do with feeling, and feeling never has anything to do with faith. I don't believe it because I feel it. I believe it because it's a covenant. You know, years ago, where my needs were concerned, years ago, years ago. Now, I've been, I've been preaching for 39 years, all right, and and. I've, I've been pastoring almost half my life. So the point that I'm making with that, I started pastoring when I was 31 years old. And the point that I'm making with that is all those years ago, I, this is how I saw it. Where my financial needs were concerned, when I would have a need, I would go to God with his word and I could see in my spirit God standing in covenant blood with his right hand raised, swearing to meet my needs. That's it. I, my father, my provider, see, he should not have called himself El Shaddai or Jehovah Jireh, the God that will see and provide to the father of my faith. If he was not going to be the God that sees and provides for me. 
So what your need may be, physical, meaning health or financial, God sees it. Now, this is important. If you have a covenant mindset, if your covenant partner sees it, he will provide for it. My job is go to the man, go to the one that's standing in covenant blood and has bound himself with a covenant that he'll provide for you, that he'll heal you. Amen. And that, and that, and that is how someone can lay hands on someone that's sick, lay hands on their child, and walk off knowing they're healed. Because that covenant includes my child. Amen. When, when our kids were little and growing up, if they had a fever, I laid hands on them. I full well expected it to leave under my hand. Because I have a covenant with God. Now, it's, it's one thing, right? And, and oh, that's so important. <laughs> that's so important. And I, I've had people, listen, I've had, I had a lady get so mad at me. She got so mad at me. If she wasn't at least a little bit saved, she'd have cussed. I'm telling you. <laughs> uh, uh, she was a, a member, a, a, a staff member of my church staff. And uh, uh, she came in my office one time and was explaining to me uh, why her husband wasn't going to be at church and these different things. And he was on staff. And I just looked at her and I said, well, you know, he's supposed to call me. And, and we went through some different things. And my point is, is this whole covenant mindset. And uh, I just expect people to believe God. And uh, uh, she, oh, she got mad, stormed out of my office, went right across the hallway to my wife's office. And uh, I could hear her. I don't know how you live with him. He must be miserable to live with. It's always what God said and what God said. And, of course, my wife's like, well, what do you expect? I mean, yes, and I'm not hard. I'm not harsh with people. I love people. I have compassion. But here's, here's the thing. Where it comes, I'm teaching you how you got to treat you. I deal with people with compassion and love, and I meet people where they're at. But where I'm concerned and what I believe, this is a covenant book. And I've entered into this thing by faith. Now, I'm going to lay hands on my child. I'm not the healer. You're the healer. I got a covenant with the healer. Now, I'm in covenant with you. I have hearkened to your words. I'm doing what you told me to do. Now, I'm going to do what you said, and you do what you said. Amen. And people say, yeah, but you know you're taking liberties with God. Was Abraham taking liberties with God when he showed up and he said, oh, let the judge of all the earth do right. If there's 50 righteous, will you spare the city for 50 righteous? Yes, I will. Oh, don't be angry. If there's 40 righteous, will you spare the city? And you remember he went all the way down to 10. And he hadn't even known God that long. Abraham had not known God as long as I know him then. 
And he's already making demands. Based on what? Covenant. Amen. And, and what this does is it strengthens your faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Acts uh, 20 and verse 32. Acts 20 and verse 32. Paul is, is leaving the city and he says, Brethren, I commend you to God through the word of his grace. Notice this. Which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. Now notice, see, if I look at this in a covenant mindset, I can fill in the blank. Brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace that's able to heal you. That's able to prosper you. That's able to deliver you. If the word's able to build me up, it's able to heal me. It's able to deliver me. The word is a living thing. This covenant See, that's why you got to understand it's sealed by blood on both ends. The, we call it the blood of the new covenant. And I know the scripture Jesus uses four different times in the four gospels. Five, in, uh, if you include 1 Corinthians 11. He said, this is my blood in the new covenant. But it's important that, that, that we see this. What changed? We say new covenant. It's second covenant really is a better term. Because what changed about the covenant? The blood that ratified the covenant. Not the covenant. The covenant can't change. God said it's an everlasting covenant. Now there were better promises that came with the blood of Jesus. Well, what were the better promises? All the Gentiles came into the, the covenant. Right? So there are better promises. and But why does it say that? Based on a better sacrifice. So as great as Abraham's relationship was with God, I have a better one because I, it's based on a better sacrifice. But the covenant's the same. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. And, and, and so... When you see that I have a covenant of health, a covenant of long life, a covenant that sickness and disease will flee. Hallelujah. Now, so the word is able to give that that I need. If, if Look at one more example of this. Proverbs 2. Proverbs 2 and verse 4. Notice, here's my responsibility. If you seek for her as silver, the word, wisdom, and search for her as hid treasures, what will happen? The word will give to you. So when you read 1 Peter 2.24, uh, Isaiah 53 and 5, uh, uh, Matthew 18. When you read those wonderful healing scriptures with a covenant mindset and you read 1 Peter 2, 24, then in your heart you're saying, the word is giving me healing right now. Because he said the word would give you, build you up. 
and then you say, I'm able to receive it. See, this is what is so important. With a covenant, Abraham was still aware that he could not provide a child. But he knew he had a covenant with one who could. And the covenant partner was required to give to the other covenant partner what they needed. And the covenant partner had promised, I'll give you a son out of your own body. And well, that, you know, that, okay, then he had Ishmael. And then God came and said, wait a minute, I understand you got Ishmael. He said, but Ishmael's not the covenant. My covenant's not with Ishmael. My covenant is with one that Sarah is going to give birth to. Right? So, so when God came the second time and talked about the covenant, Abraham could no longer father children. And Sarah, who had always been barren, now it was past time of her being able to even be physiologically able to have a child. Before, at least she was young enough to have one, just couldn't. Now, not only is it that she can't, she's too old for anything to get fixed and work. But the covenant, the covenant regenerated her body. And what did they, what did they have to do? They just had to receive. Oh, that's important. That's how you look at it with covenant. Okay, wait a minute, this is, this is, it's not my place to heal. It's not my place to get healed. It's my place to receive healing. Because it's in my covenant. Hallelujah. See, that, that, that will take a lot of the, of the angst away. I got about 15 minutes. That'll take a lot of the angst out of your life. Because I'll see people and they're just bearing down. Oh, I got to get healed. Oh, I got to get healed. If you consistently say, I got to get healed, you're saying I don't have a covenant of healing and there's no provision for my healing. Faith, when we say faith is looking at something that is not and calling it done, why are you calling it done? Because the covenant says you are something. So faith, it, you're not operating faith just by looking at something and saying it is when it isn't. All right, that can be just positive thinking. A faith person is doing that because that's how covenant people operate. I'm healed. How are you doing? I'm healed. Well, why, 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 why are you saying you're healed? Because I have a covenant provision. That, have you ever read in the Bible a covenant provision for sickness? It's interesting. In the covenant, there's no provision for sickness. Other than disobedience or sin. And here's what I have found. That a lot of people, when they get sick, they start looking for the disobedience or the sin, and they never take the time to investigate, do they really believe the covenant? Because you can look for the sin or the failure and not investigate, do you really believe the covenant, and stay sick. 
and you're not sinning, and you're not offended. You, you understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. What, oh, boy, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm getting into tomorrow's message, and I can't do that. But do you remember when Abraham took Isaac to Mount Moriah? And he was doing what God told him to do, right? He bound his son. He put him on the altar. He took the knife and raised it up. And the voice of the angel of the Lord told him, he said, don't hurt the child. But then what did he say? Now I know that you believe me. Abraham had already received the covenant seed. Most theologians think Isaac was 18 to 20 years old at that time. So he had lived for eight, he had lived for eight, lived with an impossible miracle for 18 to 20 years. And yet when, when he's putting his son on the altar, God says, now I know you believe me. You see that? What did he believe? Right? You got to read the whole Bible to understand what he believed. What did he believe? He believed that if he sacrificed his son, that God, who he was in covenant with, could raise him from the dead. Your belief about your covenant is this. God will never leave you in a deficit. And sickness is a deficit. And there is no provision for, for dis, not having wholeness in the covenant. The covenant is a covenant of wholeness. Oh, hallelujah. See, now, now, now let's go over here with this in mind to James 5. The Lord told me sometime, whether you can tell it or not, the Lord told me some time ago, he said, covenant is what changed your life. And he said, I need you to preach it more. And so we are. I have my assignment for the year. James 5 and 14. Now, we're reading this with a covenant mind, right? Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them, the elders, pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. Is that what it says? So if I read that with a covenant mindset, the prayer of faith was prayed over me. I'm healed. I, I just receive it. Is that right? Yeah, but there's the feeling aspect again. Now, wait a minute. God told Abraham, a father of many nations, have I made you? And he couldn't have a child. The reason that faith and feelings are not connected is because if it's in the covenant, it's mine. And the covenant God does not have to give it to me. I have to receive it. 
And so when we say I'm healed whether I feel it or not, that's not a faith principle as much as it is a covenant principle. Right? I am what I am because of what the covenant says I am, whether I feel it or not. Because the co- and, and, and here's the important thing about this. If I'm saying about me what the covenant says, the covenant cannot lie. And that's why when you say I'm healed, but yet you may feel sick, and people say, well, I feel like I'm lying, it's because you're getting a covenant mindset. If the God who cannot lie said I'm healed, then how can I be lying saying I'm healed? And someone will say, well, because you don't feel it. Feeling and healing have nothing to do with each other. I I digress to this illustration. If you're married or have been married or going to get married, let me help you. You know, you're not married because you feel like it. How do you feel married? I'm married because I have a covenant, not because I feel like it. I didn't get up this morning and shout, woo, woo, I feel married. That's not what I did. Right? But I knew I was married instantly when my feet hit the floor. I knew I was married because I've had a covenant with this woman for almost 30 years. I know. Right? You see, and, and here's the thing. Oh, Jesus, help me say this right. Because I have a covenant, my covenant partner, my wife, does not have to worry about me running around acting like I don't have a covenant. The covenant, <laughs> the covenant defines my activities. The, the, the covenant defines my activities. See, when someone says, oh, you're one of those positive speaking people, you don't believe in speaking negative things. My covenant defines my speaking. If my covenant says I'm healed, how can I violate my covenant by saying I'm sick? If my covenant says I'm blessed, how can I violate my covenant and say I'm broke? I'm I'm not talking about not, not being responsible. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying when you're talking to you and you're making your declarations and you're talking to people, you're talking like a covenant person. That's the whole principle of God changing Abram's name to Abraham is so that what Abraham was saying would match up with the covenant that God made with him. You're the father of many nations. And every time somebody said, who are you? He said, I'm Abram, exalted prince. So God God interposed in the middle of that name, the fifth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, Ha, all right? Yah, Heh, Vod, Heh, all right? God in the middle of that name, and he became Abraham. He became the father of a multitude, the father of many nations. 
And whether he knew what he was doing or not, when he said, I'm Abraham, he was now in perfect agreement with his covenant. The covenant is now defining his language. And the Bible says, see, the, the principle of Mark eleven twenty three, you'll have what you say, did not become truth when Jesus said it. Jesus said it because it was already truth. It was an Old Testament principle. And so Abraham is the first person that you see that got what he said. The covenant defined his verbiage. Amen. And so when you may be dealing with things in your body and people see you and you got a smile on your face and joy in your spirit and you're praising God and you're glorifying God, people wonder why you're glorifying God. Your covenant is defining your actions. Think about this. Oh, glory to God. Did, anybody know any sad sack Christians? You know what sad sack Christians are, right? They're born again and on their way to heaven, but they sure look like they're going to hell. I mean, they're just sad. You know, sad people. Every, right? <laughs> they, they have joined in with the way the world thinks. And I don't mean just where sin and things are concerned. I mean, they are just convinced that it's the worst times ever. You know, right now, I, don't, I know nobody in here is old enough to remember this. But think about this for a moment. I'm just going to throw this in here, and then I'm going to wrap this up. I, I know that, you know, there are some challenges going on. But you know what? I was driving home yesterday, and I didn't see any men in Maumelle standing in a soup line. I don't, I don't go down here to the uh, uh, square down here by the Capitol like they did in the Depression and see hundreds of men out of work. No jobs. Our problem now is people won't work. Right? Well, here's my point. We haven't went through that. We haven't went through a civil war. It, folks, if we can come through a civil war, we can come through anything. I'm telling you, and you do whatever you want to do with this. As your pastor, I'm telling you, we will get through this. Our nation will get through this. God's not done with our nation. Because our founding president formed a covenant with God Almighty and said, you will be our God and we will be your people. And he took it right down there to that little chapel in New York City that's still standing, that survived 9-11, and they ratified it. They dedicated this nation to God. I know that there are ministers saying different, but they don't have a concept of covenant. Amen. And we've been through some tough times, but we're going to get through it. Your covenant defines your activity. And so when you feel weak, but you're acting like you can run through a troop and leap over a wall, it's because your covenant is defining your activity. I am who the covenant says I am. Hallelujah. I'll share one more analogy with you. Uh, one time, Pastor Michelle and I, we, were, uh, we began our ministry uh, on, on the street corner. And uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, the church we were a part of didn't want our 
didn't necessarily agree with everything that I preach, if I can say it that way. And I was doing a lot of preaching there because I was helping the, the pastor preach. I, and I did a lot of preaching, but that doesn't mean they agreed with me. But uh, so we started ministering at, at a place there in Kansas City, Missouri, 6th and Indiana, right? Not too far from a place called Independence Avenue. Now, I'm not real uh, uh, familiar with what may be like the red light district here in Little Rock, you know. Uh, but, but Independence Avenue, that's where uh, all the, the prostitutes hung out. And I mean, that it, it's, it's, it was bad then, it's worse now. All right, I'll just tell you that way. And, and we went down there and started ministering on the street corner. We had a brother in the church that lived down there and he let us base out of his house. And uh, man, we started, we, revival started down there. And a business owner gave us use of their building and, and we'd have people come. One night, I showed up down there. Uh, it was on a Thursday night. We'd go down on Thursday nights. And I, and I pulled up, and uh, uh, I saw about four guys like this up against the wall. And the, the police officers had all my ushers up against the wall. My ushers were homeless guys. Had them up against the wall. And, uh, and I stepped out of the car, and, boy, my ushers were drunk. They were three sheets to the wind. And they go, Officer, that's our pastor. And... The officer goes, you're their pastor? I said, I am. I'm their pastor. He goes, all right, I'm going to release him to you. Oh, pastor. <sighs> and so anyway, that's, that's what we were ministering in. And so anyway, we would, uh, we would go around on Saturday and pass out flyers and witness to all the houses and, and tell them what we were doing. And uh, uh, here's the point. And, and so Pastor Michelle was with a group, and they had, I'd gotten – uh, uh, involved in a conversation with a person over here. And so they went to this house where there were some young men sitting on the porch. And uh, uh, there was this young man, Pastor Michelle, stepped up and started talking. And, well, he got his flirt on real quick, you know. And, and, he, and, and he came up and he goes, well, hello, beautiful. And, uh, and uh, I just walked up behind him, you know. And I was laughing because I'd seen this scene, I don't know how many times. And, uh, 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 so he was just, he was really, he was really putting the Mac on, you know, and, and uh, so, <laughs> and so, but remember the covenant defines your activity. The covenant defines your activity. And I, and I laughed so hard because I, I came up behind her and I was just standing behind her. She knew I was behind her and I was standing behind her just enjoying this. I'm watching this guy and this is my wife and, and he goes, yeah, I'd like to come hear you preach sometime, darling. And, uh. Pastor Michelle goes, you can, and you can hear my husband preach, too. And he's like, oh, that's your husband. He, he's like, Reverend, I didn't mean I Reverend. I, you know, the covenant defines your activity. Amen. Father, thank you today. Thank you for healing your people. Lord, these wonderful, lovely people, Lord, that are here in this audience and watching online, I thank you that something that we've said today about your covenant will impact our lives. And, Father, produce a healing revival in our lives in the name of Jesus. And may you get all the glory and all the praise in the wonderful name of Jesus. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Well, we'll see you tomorrow night if you can be with us. Till then.